Hello, this is Pastor Nathaniel, and you're listening to the Edda Talk for the Eddie Walk Podcast. Here you'll find messages meant to edify and encourage God's people in the maturity, purity, and unity that comes from following Christ. From devotional thoughts to sermons from our Sunday morning services, my prayer is that the time you spend listening to this podcast will help you grow closer to our Lord and also lead you to loving others like He loves us. Let's get right to it. Warning. What you're about to hear is not for the faint of heart. There is a happy ending. But I just want to give you that warning. We're going to talk about some scary stuff. Captivity. Death. Don't tune me out. I know it sounds scary. It's all in God's Word. Colossians chapter 2. We're going to read verses 6 through 8. And if you're able, would you stand out of reverence as we read God's Word together? Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the basic principles, some versions say spiritual principles, of this world, rather than on Christ. And Lord, we do praise you and thank you for your word this morning. Thank You for how Your Word shows us who You are and who You've called us to be. Thank You for how Your Word equips us to follow You with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. To love You with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Lord, I pray that You would help keep our hearts tender and soft and obedient to You. And Lord, I pray these things in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. may be seated. Paul wrote this letter to the church in Colossus, to believers in that area, for a couple reasons. There were false teachers and false teachings getting into the church. The idea that Jesus was merely human. 
that he was not fully God. Just a created being. And in saying so, that makes Jesus lesser than God. Not fully God. And that makes Jesus inadequate as our Savior. So Paul had to stop that. Can't have that idea running around. Jesus was fully God, fully man, and He died for our sins. That's the only way we could be made right with God. Paul refutes that pretty thoroughly in verses 15 through 20 of Colossians chapter 1. You don't have to read it now. That's a different sermon for a different day. We're going to really focus on another reason why Paul wrote this letter to the believers in Coloss. He wrote to help the believers grow in Christ. He didn't want them to be afraid to move forward in their faith. What a sad thing when someone believes in Jesus, accepts them as Savior, and settles. That's not what He calls us to. Paul's desire for the believers in Coloss was spiritual advancement. Moving forward in the faith. We know that. I've got to give you proof. Verses 9-10 through 10 in Colossians 1. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you Notice, fill you, not give you just a tiny bit. Fill you with the knowledge of His will through all wisdom, not just some wisdom, all wisdom, all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives us. So that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, Growing, did you hear it there? Growing in the knowledge of God. Then hop down to verses 21 to 23 in Colossians 1. He says, Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now He has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death, to present you holy in His sight, without blemish and free from accusation, if you continue. What's He telling us to do? Continue. I hope our faith isn't to be continued. We don't settle, do we? I got my salvation, got my fire insurance, I'm going to heaven. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. Paul goes even further. He gives us the purpose of his ministry. 
And what does he say the purpose of his ministry is? Why does he do what he does? And that's an important question for all of us. Why do we do what we do when we do it? Paul says this. We're just moving along in Colossians, verses 1 through 4 of chapter 2. I want you to know how much I'm struggling for you and for those at Laodicea. Now, Laodicea is about 11 miles from Coloss. So I guess that's kind of like going to Dansville from my house in Springwater. And not all of you are for Springwater, are you? Yeah, this is all, you know, we're all part of believers different areas. I want you to know how much I'm struggling for you and for those in Laodicea and for all who have not met me personally. My purpose is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding. Full riches, complete understanding. Do you see the language? God doesn't do anything halfway. He doesn't want to. In order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. There's deception out there, isn't there? There's people who think they're really smart in their own ways, and their arguments sound really good. Their point of view might sound really good. problem is it's not based on this, God's Word. So Paul gives this warning. Warning in verse 8. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces or basic principles of this world rather than on Christ. You see, when believers are taken captive by such things, then they're taken away from their mission of making disciples. That's another scary thought, isn't it? Let me put it this way. When our energy and our attention has been directed away from the mission of making disciples, then we've been taken captive. Because what did Jesus say when He gave the Great Commission? Go and make disciples. Let's just review. Let's review what it means to be a disciple. You'll find this in Matthew chapter 16, verses 24 to 25. Mark chapter 8, 
verse 35, and Luke chapter 9, verses 23 and 24. Jesus said this. He said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. That's what disciples do, huh? They follow. But before they follow, what they have to do? Deny themselves, take up their cross. For whoever wants to save their life, Jesus says, will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. The thing is, Jesus says some scary stuff there. Deny yourself. Right, right there, that, that might trip, trip us up. I like Burger King. I like to have it my way. <laughs> Take up their cross. And Luke, the doctor that he is, pays attention to details. And there, Jesus says, Take up your cross daily. Well, when I read about Jesus and the cross, I don't read about comfort or contentment. Crosses are meant to die on. So what Jesus is saying, we live a crucified life. We die to ourselves and live for Him. Told you we talk about death. And that's scarier. People don't like to hear that. But it's the truth. Because that's what Jesus did for us. You see, let me tell you about one of the basic principles of this world. Human tradition, I guess you could say. Fear. Fear. Oh, you get good TV ratings when you sell fear. And I have a theory. Fear. The same fear that keeps people from coming to Christ keeps people from growing in Christ. The fear of change. I like my life. I like how I do things. If, if, I, if, if I look to Jesus as my Savior and Lord, I might have to change something. Good news is, you won't have to change anything. He changes everything. But then some people settle. Yeah, they believe in God. They be, believe in Jesus and He's their Savior. But is He their Lord? Because what will it cost them? What will they have to give up? And they settle for so much less than God has planned for them. You see, the crucified life sounds scary, but it is so what God's planned for us. So, 
robocall yesterday, right? The robocall, and if we don't have your phone number, we got to get it so you can hear me on Saturday. It's funny because people will text me, is everything okay? We didn't get the robocall. Or they'll guess Nathaniel must not be preaching tomorrow because we didn't get a robocall. But I hope it helps prepare your heart for worship and time in His Word when you read in advance some of what's coming in the Scripture. I'm going to recap the Scripture I left in the robocall just in case you didn't get the call. And if you didn't read it, I'll let the Holy Spirit convict you. But get this. God's people have been led from slavery to the promised land. But they're not there yet. They can see it. All that God has for them. But they just haven't crossed the river to take hold of it. And Moses sends 12 guys out. And I'm not going to read their names even though I wanted to because one of the names looks like Shamu. (laughs) Numbers 13. God sends these guys out. Moses sends one from each tribe of the 12 tribes of Israel to explore the land. They have good soil. What's the fruit like? What are the people like? Spend 40 days there. Come back and report to us. That's just the quick version. Now I'm going to pick up in verse 26 so you can get the report. Numbers chapter 13, verse 26. They came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. There they reported to them and to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does indeed flow with milk and honey. That's good news. Here's the fruit. The fruit they showed him, grapes. So big and in such big clusters had to be carried on poles. I used to pick clusters of grapes at my great-grandma's. I could hold them in my hand. All these had to be carried on poles. But there's always got to be a but. And with... With us human beings, when we say but, it's not a very good thing. But whenever God says, but with God, that's always a good thing in Scripture. But this is with human beings here. This is the report. Verse 28. But the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified, very large. We even saw the descendants of Anak there, Descendants of Anak are giant-like people who have a reputation for making warfare. The Amalekites live in the Negev, the Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites 
live in the hill country. And the Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. Someone was focused on the Lord. But the men who had gone up with him said, We can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread a bad report among the land that they about the land they had explored. They said, The land we explored devours those living in it, but apparently not those who spent forty days there. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there, the descendants of Anak come from Nephilim. We seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we look the same to them. That night, all the people of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. They're given into the fear, aren't they? The fear of false reports. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron. And the whole assembly said to them, If only we died in Egypt or in the desert. Why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and our children will be taken as plunder. Would it be better if we all just died in Egypt? And they said to each other, We should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell face down in front of the whole Israelite assembly and gathered there. Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had explored the land, tore their clothes and said to the Israelite assembly, Now don't miss this. The land that we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. The promised land. All that God had in mind for His people, if they would just move forward in their faith, exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, He will lead us into that land, a land flown with milk and honey, and give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord. And do not be afraid of the people of that land. Because we will swallow them up. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. Do not be afraid to move forward in your faith. But what will it cost me? If we go to the promised land, my family, my kids, they're going to all die. So those people settled for so much less than God had for them. Because they were too afraid. Too afraid to fully trust Him. To fully submit to Him. To go where He was leading. 
But what did Joshua say? He reminded them that the Lord is with us. He'll take care of them, right? God takes care of His people. And if you don't know the rest of the story, Caleb and Joshua were the only two from that group who went to the promised land with their families. No one died, even when they attacked the fortified city in the battle of Jericho. God kept His word. They experienced the promised land. Everyone else settled and died in the dust. Don't settle in your walk with God. Trust your all to Him. Die to yourself. Live for Him. Don't be afraid. Let me tell you about Sevilla. Sevilla was born in Canada. And when she grew up, she knew she wanted to be a teacher. And Sevilla, she had some modest training in music. And she used that when she married her preacher husband, William. How about that? A teacher marrying a preacher, a preacher being married a teacher. Now, Sevilla's husband, she, he used to go preach to different revivals and evangelistic stuff. And they would write hymns together for that. She actually, the two of them, they wrote the hymn, His Eyes on the Sparrow. That's not the one we're going to sing this morning. When they were here in New York for a revival back around 1903-1904, they were in Leicestershire, New York. Maybe you haven't heard of Leicestershire. It's because it does not exist anymore. Leicestershire changed their name to Johnson City, New York. And if you listen to Family Life Radio, you've probably heard of Johnson City because they have a lot of activities down there. Well, there for a revival meeting. Sevilla got very sick. So sick. Her husband didn't want to leave her to go preach. And she encouraged him, you need to go. I'll be fine, you need to go. But he was afraid to leave her alone. And then their son spoke up and said, Daddy, are you afraid you can't take care of mommy as good as God can? So he went and preached. And when he got back, guess who's starting to feel better already? Sevilla. And then right away, she and him They wrote the hymn, God will take care of you. Don't be afraid of what God's calling you to. Don't be afraid of where He's calling you to. Please don't be afraid of what you might have to give up. What it might cost you. It will be worth it all. It is worth it all. Give your life fully to Him. He'll take care of you.
He will take care of you. I just said it twice. Right now, the foxes and the Giffords are going to sing to you. You can follow along hymn number 107. And you'll hear more than 20 times this reminder. God will take care of you or He will take care of you. So don't be afraid. He will take care of you. That was your cue, just so you know. After this hymn, I'll come for a closing prayer and a benediction. did not know these things about this
morning, this very thing happened. Jenny Heckman and Bill Gifford could have been killed this morning coming to church. They almost they avoided a very serious accident, and Bill will testify God was there and spared them. He took care of them this morning. Would you bow your heads? Lord, I do thank You for how You take care of us. Thank You for how You watch over us. And Lord, I I pray for each one this morning. Those online, those here, those who might be listening later in the week. Lord, wherever we may be in relationship with You, may we be open to You in this moment. Maybe, Holy Spirit, you're talking to us about trusting in Jesus with our life. Trusting Him as our Savior. To say, I can't do it on my own, Jesus. And I know I'm not perfect. I know I'm a sinner. And I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I believe in you, Jesus. Come into my heart and my life and make me new today. And Lord, I thank You for the salvation that's only in Christ. I thank You for what happens when we pray that prayer. The greatest miracle of all. The old is gone, the new has come. This new birth into a spiritual life and relationship with God through Jesus. And Lord, that doesn't instantly make everything better, make us perfect, or make things easy. But it does help us not be alone because we have a Savior who's promised to never leave us or forsake us. We have a God who goes before and help help us in our faith, Lord. Help the knowledge of that to overcome our fears. Help us to trust You and move forward in our faith wherever You may call. Whatever You may ask of us, may we lay our all on the altar. And Lord, I thank You for how the dynamic of our relationship with You is just so limitless. All that You do in and through us. And how you that's the best life we can have here on earth for eternity. So help us, Lord, as we walk with You, as we encourage one another and pray for one another. And, and Lord love and serve You wherever You've placed us and whoever You've put in our lives. Thank You for how You take care of us. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. One last Scripture to leave you with as a benediction. So if you would please stand.
2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 says this, For God did not give us a spirit of timidity. And if I were reading 9 as New King James Version, it would say this, Now God did not give us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind or self-discipline. Go in the love, power, and sound mind that He gives, not the fear that's out there. Be blessed. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If this podcast is helpful to you, please rate us on iTunes or like our page, Springwater Church the Nazarene on Facebook. Have a great day and Lord bless.